This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. Philadelphia's Southeast Asian Market opens for the season in FDR Park this weekend. This year we're going to have maps printed so people can find their favorite vendors. The vendors are mostly Southeast Asian immigrants and refugees that settled in this part of the country. Most of the Southeast Asian refugees are Lao, Khmer, Vietnamese refugees who came during the Vietnam War. We call it the Vietnam War. Of course, over there they call it the American War. And that was between the late 70s to the early 90s. And they sell a lot of traditional foods. Well, the market is most famous for the meat on a stick. They have beef on a stick. They have chicken on a stick. Now our vendors got creative and they put pork on a stick. This is a podcast about food in and around Philadelphia. That's a quick, delicious, flavorful bite. It was really hard for me to get into it. Stories from behind the kitchen. This is a wood-burning oven from Italy. It is intense. And hear about quirky stuff, too. Eat a pie of ice cream as quickly as you can and then resume the 5k this is what's cooking on kyw i'm haras kuznets in fdr park with members of the cambodian association of greater philadelphia and we're here talking about the reopening of the southeast asian market it starts this weekend the first weekend of april katsi vile fan is the southeast asian outreach network community cultivator and Kayla Soak is market manager for the Southeast Asian market. So the market is coming back and there are big plans in the works, right? So Katsi, tell us a little bit about the buzz that you're getting. I understand you're getting a little more professional with the market. Sure. The market itself became organized through the Vendors Association of FDR Park, which is co-founded by two vendors, Jenny Nam and Vina Sok. And through their help, they were able to get the vendors to become more organized and actually be a market. And so for the past three years, we've been putting these markets on. We've had schedules. Through my position in Kayla's, we were able to have a website, do tours. This year, we're going to have maps printed so people can find their favorite vendors. But also because we change from season, uh, we have two seasons, a spring season and a summer season, we're able to let people know where the market is um, during these times. And also, we had this really big announcement that we are finally getting a permanent home in the park. And so the market itself is coming soon and people won't have to ask where is it and the vendors won't have to ask, are we having a market this year? And so we're really excited because as refugees, the idea of a permanent home is what the end goal is. For, for people that don't know, it's always been like, you know, you either come or you don't come. 
You're either here or you're there. It's never really been like an official thing, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm from Philly and I grew up with the market. And back then we didn't have social media and back then we didn't have cell phones. And so really the South Philly people sort of just had to come drive by and then like go back home and then call your friends and say they're here. You know, come here. They're here right now. Go right now. Or you sort of just pulled over, ordered what you could and then get back in the car because the vendors themselves, they didn't really have permits with the park. And so we kind of sort of had to keep it a secret. And so now having this sort of information be available is proof that we're here to stay. It also helps other vendors who may be inspired to sell things, but they're not sure if it was safe to do so or if they were going to also be ticketed or fined or um, kicked out of the park, get your food thrown in the trash. Yeah. Yeah. And so these are all really great things. I think the city has done a really great job of highlighting this Southeast Asian refugee community for a long time, even within Asian American studies. You know, the Southeast Asian refugee narrative was always sort of like at the very end or like a very, very small part. And so it's really nice to sort of be front and center and be like the thing that we can highlight. Most refugees came during what time period? Most of the Southeast Asian refugees are Lao, Khmer, Vietnamese refugees who came during the Vietnam War. We call it the Vietnam War. Of course, over there, they call it the American War. And that was between the late 70s to the early 90s. And so when we all resettled here, you know, we sort of just placed wherever there was space. And I think any entrepreneurs who might have been interested in selling food, they might have had a hard time with the way it works to open up a business. But also at the same time, those who were able to, they found out the hard way that the American community wasn't ready for their flavors, their spice level. Um, And so, uh, you know, those restaurants did, you know, quickly disappeared Um, And it wasn't until um, some vendors started selling here and there. And the vendors selling here and there didn't really start with vendors selling in the park necessarily. Um, A lot of times it it started with, you know, if somebody was having a big party and somebody wanted a tray of egg rolls and there's the one lady she does it really well, we call her. And there's another lady she knows how to make this other thing. We call them. And um, the kinds of jobs that refugees and immigrants get, we get these sort of like odd hour jobs where we have to go in early in the morning and then we're done at 3 p.m. And by 3 p.m. you're hungry, you know, you're sort of like, what, you know, what is there to eat? And so I think that a few of the fellow immigrants in the community who knew where our community was working, you know, they would show up in the parking lot and they would say, okay, I have this like papaya stand or like I made noodles, you know. So it was really nice to get done work and then like come to the parking lot or wherever and be like, oh, here's like some food that I'm familiar with instead of trying to figure out what what this thing is in the vending machine you know and it was mostly supported by the community yeah i mean we obviously want to support it because we also like to see our culture represented in that way our foods highlighted in that way so of course we supported it and so when the vendors start first started selling in the park and it's food you know and you like right and so and so when the vendors started selling in the park we were really happy about it because here's finally a place that we can all come to and that we can enjoy and buy it and then just sit down in the grass and enjoy the view so fun fact about what the market was called so back in the day we called it the spectrum which is like the you know the southeast asian way of saying spectrum which was the name of the sports arena that was next to it and so when people wanted to know if people were selling in the park they would say is the spectrum open you know and that's that's sort of just like a fun fact that's cute. Shows you how far back it goes. Yeah. So at what point did it go from the Philadelphia police coming in and ticketing vendors and 
telling them to get out of here to the city really embracing the market. I guess there was like a period where it stopped and it might have been, you know, who was mayor at the time when we became a sanctuary city. I think it really shifted away from being so hard on people who did or didn't have a permit to sell or, or anything else. And I think it was more about protecting immigrant rights. You know, the end goal isn't to commit crimes. The end goal isn't to, I'm going to find a way to cheat the system. They just want to sell food. And it's just that the process has been really hard for them. And so we've been able to have this great partnership with FDR Park and the Vendors Association to sort of communicate and say, okay, if you allow us to sell here, what is it that you want us to do so that we can communicate with our customers about the cleanliness of the park and like when to come here, where to park your car. And so we've been working together. And now we're at a point where we're working with the Commerce Department to have those folks come in and have presentations on business license, how to, you know, how to apply, if you need language services, if you're going to sell something small versus like, you know, you have this dream of selling something big and outside of the market. It helps to have a mediator in the Cambodian Association of Greater Philadelphia that you have the language, you're connecting with the city and you're connecting with the vendors. Yeah, so I'm, I'm actually Lao and I appreciate the Cambodian Association for hiring me despite not being Cambodian. But I think that our refugee history is the same in that you know even when our people try to access services there's not always a person who can interpret and you know like this poster that says hey you want language services it wasn't always in our language and coming up in the market is a permanent home soon and and then soon soon yeah soon not not this weekend but in the next couple of years in the next couple of years hopefully yes Keeping your fingers crossed, but we... we like act- water access and heat access. Yes, that's what we're hoping for. We at least have a star on the map. That's what <laughs> that's what we're hoping for. Like, show us the map and show us the star on the map where we'll be. Yeah. And then everybody will know where the market is. Yeah. Yeah. So Kayla is the market manager. So where are you opening this weekend and over the weekends to come? So this weekend until the end of June, we will be on the broadside. They call it the broadside street of the market. And then once July hit, we'll be here on they call it the baseball side a lot of the customers that come they know which side like they call it the broad side or the baseball side and then we'll finish up by the end of october before fall hits so broad street the baseball field yes all right so let's talk about the food this is the big part what is the food that is being offered at the market well the market is most famous for the meat on a stick they have beef on a stick they have chicken on a stick now our vendors got creative and they put pork on a stick before they had chicken wings on a stick that was bone in now they have boneless chicken on a stick which is more convenient for a lot of people that doesn't like the bone in and then they also have the sausage they have lao sausage they have it's called twako it's the cambodian sausage the lao sausage has it's not too much sweet and then the Cambodian sausage is more like sour. And then they also have, it's called, it's a stuffed chicken wing. So basically it's debone and it has mint and ingredients stuffed right back into the chicken. And then famous uh, side-by-side couple with the meat on the stick is the papaya salad, which we have four, maybe ten stalls that has papaya salad. But everyone has their own different flavor, even though it's called papaya salad. Some people put shrimp. Some people put dry shrimp. Everyone has their own different, you know, techniques and flavors. So it's just all different tastes. And then side note, they have, they call it ban chow. But it's like, it's almost like the Cambodian omelet. There's ground pork with bean sprouts. In Vietnamese, it's ban sale. Mm-hmm. You eat it with herbs, lettuce, cucumbers, dipping in like a sweet and sour sauce. That's one of my favorites. And then they also have summer rolls. That's all in the market. And then every booth has so much different varieties of food. But those are most of the popular food that they have here at the market i would say sugarcane drinks 
and the coconut the fresh coconut sugarcane drinks are i can only really enjoy them in the summertime because I, I i don't know it feels strange to, to drink it when it's cold but for it, it's weird because it's, it's made from sugarcane and you would think that something made from sugarcane wouldn't quench your thirst but it actually really does especially when it's really hot and it's iced but the coconut drink they take a coconut that's still green and still soft and they put a straw in it and you can drink there's there's not a lot of juice there's like you could have like two sips three sips but if you really know you can scoop the soft flesh that's inside and eat the rest of it and i think some people just drink drink it because it looks cool and they like they're done and they throw it away and i'm like did you eat the flesh inside and they were like i didn't know so if you if you do get a coconut drink make sure that whoever's cutting it for you cuts what they call like a spoon which is like just cut like a little round piece off and you just use that part to scoop out the flesh gotta be asian to know that right (laughs) (laughs) or what i do is i go right back to the booth and say hey can you cut in some more for me because i can't eat the the meat so i do that and again yeah what cassie said the sugarcane juice is is very refreshing i normally don't drink it in the morning because it's cold but by the time the sun hits, it's like, okay, let's go find our sugar cane juice. There's no sugar added. Some people like to mix it with sugar cane and orange juice. It just kind of balances out the flavor. But myself, I just like pure sugar cane and the ice. And it's very refreshing. About how many vendors come out here? About 70 to 75 total this year. So there's a lot to eat. There's a lot. So there's They're like... Not all, yeah, it's yeah. not all food vendors. Some of them actually, they have clothes. They bring trinkets back from Southeast Asia. They have jewelry. They have toys for kids. So it's it's definitely a fun time for like the families because the, the toy people... If you have kids and you walk past the toy vendors, you wouldn't get very far because <laughs> the way they have everything displayed, you know, like the kids are like, please, please, mom, you know, and you want to have a good time with your family. So obviously you came in and you, you get it for them and then you're able to like bring your kid to go get whatever food you're looking for. Now, is this a cash only market or can people pay with credit cards? Credit cards, not yet, but some of our vendors do have, they do offer like Zelle or Venmo or Cash App. Um, a lot of our older vendors, they don't know how to use technology as of yet, so they do accept only cash. But if you come find me, I might be able to give you some cash for, with the, our Venmo. So I'll be there at the market every weekend. <laughs> Can work it out. We'll work it out. <laughs> what is the most exciting part about opening weekend for you? The scenery, the people. We get so many types of different people, so many uh, different backgrounds that come here it's like hey can you tell us or point out to us where can we go to find the best beef sticks and i'm like i can't tell you the best but i can tell you you know five out of ten that's like good that i like but you might you know you might think differently but i can point you out or i can just you know take you over there (laughs) so we have like last year we had people from from michigan from california from alaska from all over the world that just comes here just to come we had people from europe Germany, the Netherlands. Last year, we had to do a survey to see the kinds of visitors that were coming. And I would be surprised that even as I was doing the surveys up until late October, people were saying, this is my first time here. I just heard about the market. And we're just so wowed that people are still coming and people still asking even though the market is coming back and we have we have to give our vendors a break and we say okay today's the last day of the market and people are just like you know they put crying emojis and they're like oh i'm so sad what am i gonna do on my weekends now so we're just so happy that people love us and that even as we're saying hey we're getting ready we're coming back it's you know it's it's gonna be a little bit colder or it might rain or we don't have as many vendors because some of them you know they have plants and produce and it's all not ready yet but you know come anyway and people are like i don't care i'm just gonna come and so I know the forecast says it's going to rain, but I know people who are like, I'm coming regardless. I'm bringing all of my reusable bags so I can stock up on everything. And that way I, I don't have to worry about it being sold out. Is it all prepared foods or is it like other markets where it's prepared and fresh? Both. Most of the time, most of the time our vendors cook it here at the market. It's prepared, not grocery. Yeah, not grocery. Only the produce. Yeah. yeah. But most of the time, I think some desserts might be 
pre-cooked or pre-made, but they all put it together here at the market. Oh, and I forgot the desserts. We have um, <laughs> we have sticky rice with coconut sauce and mango, and then we have we call it the Cambodian donut, where it's like it's dough, and then you have sugar on top with sesame seed, and then we have the sesame balls, which a lot of family has it, and then we have what else we got? We got we deep have, fried potatoes. Um, <laughs> we have the steamed sticky rice in bamboo it's cooked with coconut and so it's steamed inside the bamboo and so when you buy it after you pay for it the vendor will like cut a piece open so that you can like rip off the outer shell yourself and eat it yourself it's not as sweet as the coconut sticky rice that comes with the mango but it's still really delicious it's addicting it's addicting (laughs) how much does it make you feel like home does it feel like a real authentic market it does so i'm originally from california and I also grew up in a Cambodian community as well. We don't have vendors there where I come from. We have people that just kind of pop up and sell here and there. But they have like grocery stores where they have pre-cooked versus here. It's just, you know, you can come and you can smell the barbecue. You can see our vendors. Fun fact about our vendors is everyone there has a nickname. So at first when I joined the team, I was lost. I was like, um, we have the chicken lady. We have the sugarcane guy. I'm like, who? I'm sorry. What's his name? But now that I find out, you know, who is who, it's kind of funny because I'll go back to it. I'm like, oh, that vendor is called the chicken lady. Okay, I know who is who. But it's, it's nice to see our vendors come and cook and be happy and joke around amongst each other as a vendor. It's, an, it's nice. It's a nice feeling. And it feels like home. It's so funny that they all have nicknames. That's great. Yeah, we have, um, I don't know what they call me. I hope, I don't know if I have a nickname <laughs> that they name me up. I don't know. But there is vendors that, you know, there's a, what's his name, mom? And then the chicken lady, and then we have the, the rain guy. So, yeah, they have a whole bunch of nicknames that I found out, and then I kind of now I can pinpoint who is who. Nice. Katsu, what are you most looking forward to with opening weekend? I don't know. I, I guess, like, I'm looking forward to my weekends um, because I know that, you know, I'll be fed. Just like doing my rounds, like it's it's like even Kayla knows it. Like you just you're just walking, doing your rounds, and the vendors like here, here, have some of this. Here, here, have some of that. And you know, at some point, you're like carrying everything, and you're like, I can't, I didn't eat anything yet. You can't put anything else in my hand because I haven't eaten anything yet. And you know, and you don't want to be rude and say no, I don't want it, or no, I don't. You know, I'm not eating right now. I just, you know, I don't need spicy papaya salad at nine o'clock in the morning and so like they're just so grateful to have people like me and Kayla who speak the language who you know whenever there are meetings or like new things happening that we're able to translate for them we're able to provide written translation that you know we're here to pick up our phones if if they don't quite understand something and so I think that's just them showing their gratitudes towards us I think it's also a little bit of you know because now we're doing these market tours which I lead that they're sort of like hey don't forget to you know when you bring the people that to come by me and I have the beast stick and don't forget the kit to come by me. I have fried bananas. And so, yeah, of course, I do my best. Tell me about the market tours. Sure. So the market tours are a way that we can introduce the visiting community to our vendor community. For a long time, the market was only supported by the local community who was speaking the language. And we all knew each other and we all grew up with each other and we were able to recognize. But when there's new people coming, they're sort of like, what's that? Is that vegan? You know, is that savory? Is that sweet? And so sometimes there's a disconnect in asking questions and being curious. And sometimes there's There's a language barrier. Well, there's yeah. And so um, sometimes the vendors aren't quite sure what they're asking and they're not really sure how to support and help. And so by having these market tours, people are able to go up to the vendors and ask them, like, what is this? And can I try this? And the vendors sometimes will give, most of the time, they'll give samples of their food. And, you know, that's the opportunity to ask, like, what's in this? And how do you make it so sour? And so um, that's really just to strengthen the relationship between the vendors and the visitors that are coming to the market. So when do you have your tours? They are gonna, The schedule is going to be put up <laughs> uh, on Saturday. Um, but we're going to do them... 
uh, once or twice a month. And so people can, you know, book tickets, you know, if people wanted to have a group and say like, it's my birthday and I want 10 people, that's totally fine. We had been doing them before with the Fairmont Conservancy and they sort of just had a, like, you know, a hodgepodge of people. And so people who didn't know each other were sort of all in this big group and they would go around. And, you know, a lot of times people who weren't in the tours would see those people in the tours and then sign up the next day. Because I've, I've had people where um, they said, oh, I saw you the last time you were doing a tour. And I was like, I wanted to know what was going on. So I went and signed up the next day. So now I'm part of this one. And it's great because even after the tours, they all come back. If the tour's done at 1.30, at 1.35, they're all back at their favorite vendor and, and they're just buying everything because now they know. They're now they're more informed. I think it can be an intimidating experience if you're not familiar and you're sort of like, I, I don't know where to start. I don't know who to go to. I don't know what's what. You don't know what's sweet or what's savory or the names of the food. Yeah, and I don't know how to ask, like, do you take hash or, you know, what goes with what? And so I think it's just really like a practice so that the community that is coming to visit our vendors is able to understand what it's like to talk to immigrants and refugees who may not be fluent in English. I don't want to sound cheesy, but to have this like compassionate relationship, you know, I think I think in the 80s when I was growing up, it was very, why don't you speak English? You know, why, why am I trying so hard to communicate with you? But you're here in this country. Why don't you learn English? You know, and I think that people often forget that refugees didn't choose to come here. And so the English part might come later. You know, right now they're trying to figure out the system to survive. Learning the English might come later. How inspiring. What's it like also to see more and more people that are from outside of the community come and look for the market and enjoy the market? It's it's nice to see that um, other race is able to come and want to try the food and actually like the food and willing to come back. It's always it's always nice to hear. I have I have a regular um, customer that come and he can't wait for this market to open. His name is Mike. Put his name on, but he comes here every weekend with his. Last year he had a brand new baby. Hopefully, I know he's he'll be back because he did say, "Kayla, when is the market opening?" So he's ready to come back with the baby and his wife. They come here every weekend, at least to get at least two beef sticks or maybe more, but at least to get his beef sticks in and he'll be happy. All right. Weekend. So the season starts this weekend and runs through October. The end of October, and we also normally have our, this is our second annual Halloween trick-or-treat with the kids. So we have that on the 29th of October, which is the last day of the market. And if people want more information about the market, details about the vendors, information about the tours, where can they go? They can go to fdrseamarket.com. It'll have the maps, the schedules, the tour dates will be listed, plus how much it costs. You know, any other information, there's a contact form there so if people had any additional question questions about the hours or you know when the market season is or anything they have they can they can go there well thank you so much katsi vile phone and kayla soak are with the cambodian association of greater philadelphia and we're talking about the southeast asian market which you call the what the sea market the sea market for short all right thank you so much both of you and congratulations on another season of opening thank you thank you That's it for this episode of What's Cooking on KYW. You can follow the show and get other delicious tidbits on Instagram at foodinthe215. And follow me on Twitter and Facebook for more news and insights at Hadas Kuznets. If you have a food tip or feedback about the show, reach out. And please take a moment to help us by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes. It helps us to keep making the podcast and get it to new listeners. I'm Hadas Kuznets, and that's What's Cooking. What's Cooking. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs>